Welcome, everyone. This is yours truly, Mac on the Rock, the Rampage, here on WSQF 94.5 for the noon afternoon hour. Concrete conservative, and I've got the shock and awe, Enrique Tarrio. 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 No, it's Tario. Tario, like in the, English. Tario's in English. You're a proud boy. Uh, yes, I am. Well, it's quite an honor to have you here on Blink Radio. And you've got some beautiful special guests. Uh, Erica Erma. Uh, you got to say something. Hello. Hi. Hi. How are you? Oh, there you go. <laughs> I can see you too. You know, I got LASIK, you know. Good job. Uh, and uh, Marie B. Also, you're gonna be you're gonna be making noises here as as he's cracking jokes or what? Because I want to know, and apparently you have an angle, and you have an angle of why the national media immediately wanted to accuse you guys as a white supremacist group because of mm-hmm. Galvin McGinnis, who's been on Fox News, and of course I'm guilty of being a Fox News uh, spectator. Sorry to hear that. <laughs> And I sit there and I, and I listen to it. I, was, uh, I have a difficulty listening to the other stations, but I go back and forth because of radio. I need to fill myself up with information. And uh, I thought it was really odd that a Hispanic person like yourself, uh, like you and I, were brown and were actually quite brown. And the national media ignores that a leader of the Proud Boys, as well as a Galvin McGinnis, who's a white boy, is a brown boy, therefore, what the hell does that, that have to do with white supremacy? So go ahead and let us know. Give us a timeline how this started. What does the Proud Boys do? Why do you have to stand down now and not and not and not? It's difficult for me to see you guys stand by or stand down. But why did Trump say that? Um, so let's start with uh, the founding. I guess uh, the organization wasn't supposed to leave past its first meeting it was actually a joke started on gavin's show (laughs) he was actually trying to get his intern laid he had an intern that was a virgin and um he told him to join a fraternity you know so he could learn how to be a man so he could you know uh, oh so the guy was having trouble giving service yes he was having trouble giving service and gavin was trying to help him out and what ended up happening is uh, since he wasn't in college and he wasn't you know, in a university, he he couldn't join a fraternity. So, Gavin so he joined said, the sorority instead to learn quickly. Yeah, well, <laughs> anything that works. So so Gavin saw that issue and he's like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start a fraternity. He was It was all a joke. Um, and he said, okay, Friday we're going to go out. We're going to bring the guys over and we're going to start this fraternity. And um, whatever. They get to the bar. It's like 10 of them. And... Uh, now, these right. are friends of the protagonist or friends of Galvin? Uh, this is friends of Gavin. Remember, okay. he works in the studio, so they have a lot of friends, a lot of guests that come on. And uh, they they got to the bar. And uh, they asked Gavin, okay, what's the name of this thing? And Gavin had just come from uh, watching an Aladdin musical with his, with his family. What a contrast. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, a lot of people like to think that Proud Boys like, is like this name that we made up. And it means it has like this deep meaning. And the truth is... Uh, it's a lot more, the real story is a lot more boring. So Gavin named, uh, Gavin named us because of a Aladdin musical and the song is called Proud of Your Boy, right? And uh, then they asked Gavin, okay, what are the, the rules of this fraternity? Um, so Gavin came through and, and put the tenets in. Well, do you have degrees like the Masons? And 
Gavin thought about all of this, you know, in, maybe in like a 10 minute time span. Yeah, totally spontaneous. It wasn't supposed to leave the bar that Friday night. That's it. It was supposed to end right there. It was a joke on the show. Ha ha ha. Funny. Uh, well, it started growing. There was, uh, there was guys meeting across the country in the bars and, um, yeah, it went from 10 guys at a bar to present day 20. This is actually, this is before, uh, the debate we had, we have had 22,000 members worldwide. So this isn't just, this isn't through just podcasts, the United States. Through uh, Facebook, through what medium, how would you know? Was there like a nerve center for a chat room or somewhere where people would well, talk? Well, we have, we have a, a pretty big communications network with uh, chapters, uh, whether it be like members, presidents of chapters. So uh, yeah, so it's a full-fledged fraternity. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, it's huge. So we have 12,000 members in the United States and 22,000 members worldwide with countries uh, having chapters like the UK, all over uh, Europe. And this is two months, three months, four months? What? The evolution you just described. No, that's four and a half years of evolution. Oh, four and a half <clears throat> years. So yeah. that's why the national media would, you know, that's why you guys are on their race, radar screen. Mm -hmm. I think the audience needs to know, as I do, if I'm asking the question, I'm sure the person driving in their car, uh, by the way, if you want to live stream your phone into your car, You've got WSQFradio.com. That's a live stream worldwide. And then, of course, on your radio dial, WSQF is 94.5 FM here in South Florida. But so for, so this, this bar scene was four years ago. It wasn't recent. No, it wasn't so recent. So when I first heard you in the debate about you all, uh, I'm, I'm novice then. So I'm, I'm four and a half years late here. Mm -hmm. So what have you guys been doing in the interim? Just championing Trump throughout his presidency or what? See... That's that's the misconception too. The misconception is that we are a political group and we're not. We don't have a political ideology. Um, simply stated, we're we're a drinking club first before anything. Uh, we're a very pro-family drinking club, okay. and that's why and pro-gun, I assume. Huge pro-gun advocates, um, but because we're pro-family, because we're pro-Second uh, Amendment, because we're pro-First Amendment, that's why most of our members are right-wing, whether they're Republican, Libertarian. Um, they're conservative. They're conservative, yes. But we do have members that are liberal. Members that- If you're that, gonna comment, stay closer to the microphone. That, that members that don't like the president. You know, it's not, we don't ask you to be a Trump supporter or not. That's another the, misconception then. These are these are our values, accept them or don't. And if you don't accept them, there's many other clubs that might take you in, but we won't take so you in. So basically, you're a drinking club who happens by luck, the majority are supporters of Trump and not necessarily so. We're a drinking club with a patriot problem. <laughs> All right, and it is a problem to be a patriot these days, it really is. When you see a country split up 50-50, it should be normal to be a patriot. Me, well, I guess we're both American Cubans born here, I assume. Mm -hmm. I I gather that I'm a little older than you, but I was a patriot all my life. I mean, I realized my parents fled a country that you, it's very easy to lose your democracy. I have a neighborhood chat where I live here on the island in Key Biscayne. This is, of course, Blink Radio Key Biscayne. And they tell me, take down your signs. It's kind of rude. And I go, well, I beg to differ. My parents fled communism. I reply in the chat, my, sign, my house is just signs up palm trees, up hedges, all around the hedges. Local candidates here. Everybody's Republican. Uh, Trump is at the highest point because I got tired of them stealing the flat, uh, stealing the signs. I live on the ocean, so the whole backyard is lined up. So, 
you know, all, all the Trump flags, yachts go by, everybody. So it's I'm a noisy neighbor, okay? And quite frankly, a lot of people don't realize you can lose your country. You can lose your country very quickly. And this morning, I had this wonderful author. Uh, she wrote a book called Grenades as Lullabies. And she fled Bosnia-Herzegovina in the war, 10 years old. And she saw how it started. Guess how she described it? New York, Seattle, Portland, throwing at windows, looting, rioting. And the first video I see of you is you at, at what I assume is uh, a riot, not a protest, because I don't believe these people are protesting. I believe they're rioting. There's well, our, the video that you saw was me at a protest. You were at a protest. Across the river. There was and you were, looking, you were looking at offenders on the other side, and you're waiting for them to break out and do stuff that they shouldn't be doing, and then you guys were going to step in. And that's, so I thought you were, I believe I saw you after the comment. I don't know if the time frame was correct, but I believe Trump already had said what he said. Uh, you know, uh, stand, stand by, basically. Uh, uh, stand down and stand by, I believe is the words he used. Mm -hmm. So I see this image of you, probably an old tape. Uh, I don't know how old. But you are, I say, wow, dark-skinned Hispanic. <laughs> well, that, that can't be white supremacy. <laughs> it's, like, it's not. It's not white supremacy. I spend my whole day online defending my friend. And he's my friend, okay? He's not a white supremacist. He's not anything. He's just somebody that's going against the grain of what we're going with right now, Miami-Dade County. In my neighborhood, they have vandalized homes that have Trump signs, okay? They've vandalized them. They've written all types of atrocities. This is not okay, okay? This is not okay. It's no, not America either. That is not America, okay? And it's going to come down, battleground state, Florida, and it's going to come down to Miami-Dade County. And we have a lot of forces. For the second time. Yes, I know. The hanging electronic chat can that is that a new word? Instead of a hanging chat, the hanging mail-in ballot, <laughs> hanging out of people's uh, mailboxes it's, instead of being sent. But Mr. Gambo, you understand that some of these people that are running in Miami-Dade County, they're not from here. They have no ties here. They've come here solely to run in <clears throat> office, and unfortunately or fortunately, we we escaped. Would you like to name a few? Oh, we know who they are. Mr. No, I would. Oh well, Bill go Bob? for it. Huh? Tell us. You want you go, go ahead because I got a couple too. Okay, there's Mr. Billy Corbin. Okay, a strong supporter of Miss Kava. I've noticed she has not come out and said no. I don't support this. Wasn't he, Wasn't Billy Corbin involved with the Yucca restaurant? No. He's involved with uh, with just, that the uh, what is it uh, the about uh, many years ago. No, the uh, he wrote the uh, Cocaine Cowboys. Yes. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah. He did so a podcast yeah, for a while. So, so basically, he's made a life of making fun of Miami-Dade County. He's not from here, okay? And you and I are the butt of his jokes. I don't want to be the butt of anybody's jokes, okay? Especially when he's supporting somebody that's running for mayor on an agenda that is anti-Cuban. Unfortunately, fortunately, we are the majority. I'm quite sure my grandmother and everybody else's parents would love to be back in Cuba. But we're not. We're in this great country. We accepted this country. And we love this country. And we understand communism from miles and miles away. Oh, yes. So if, if if the Democratic Party gives a speech that sounds like them, talks like them, wants to take your guns just like them, uh, sorry, you got a communist platform. When the statues start to fall, that's when you know a revolution is happening. Yes. So the war has begun already. I believe that, too. And I believe that it, it starts uh, in a nuance. It starts in something that you think is numb to you. Or not as great as it should be, or not because you know you have these images in your head in the history book of what a revolution looks like with tanks and bombs and helicopters, and all, and it's not true. It starts off with civil unrest. 
It's a, it's, it's a George Orwell uh, nightmare. And it's happening right here. Oh, they already said that this morning, 1984. 1984. And, and, and we're getting hit by both sides. So um, a little bit of history about, about me and my family. Um, we, the reason why my grandfather came from Cuba is during the revolution, as the revolutionaries were coming from the West Coast and they were sweeping through to the East Coast, there was uh, there was a, a little farm in a city that was very strategic to to the revolution, and uh, that farm was extremely big, and was able to hold the forces needed. And there was food, and there was water, um, so they went to this farm and they're like, "Hey, we need to use this farm as a forward operating base to to help us take the city," and that family um, that family declined to help them. So they said fine and they walked out. And uh, a a man by the name of Che Guevara came in and um, called the two. uh, Who's also from the outside. Yeah. From Argentina, he's not even even Cuban. Yeah. So he he got the two older males out of the house. He put them on their knees. He tied their hands behind their back. And he ordered the execution of both of them, shot them in the back of the head. Well, that that family ha- shares a last name with me, and their name is Tario. So shortly after the ca- Castros took over, um, my grandfather decided to flee and come to this country. So now to go full circle on when we're saying that I'm going to name drop, because it's not only Democrats that we have a problem with, it's also Republicans that we have a problem with, and we have a huge problem with it. Uh, because they are the heart of what we believe in, us conservatives believe in. They are the ones that represent us. Mm-hmm. So we need to be represented th- correctly. They need to take so, the left seriously. So <laughs> when we have two uh, candidates for federal office uh, by the name of Jimenez and by the name of Salazar, that Salazar was honored to be in the presence of the DNA of Che Guevara on her show. Yeah, so uh, El Hijo, right? It was... Uh, yes. Um, and then we have... El his son, by the way. <laughs> then we for have... The, for those driving around with the windows down. <laughs> then we have the sellout of Mayor Jimenez, which has pretty much destroyed the entire local economy by not only locking us down in March, by relocking us down later down the line. These... Uh, COVID's going to be gone soon. But you know what's going to remain? Government overreach. And and bankruptcies and suicide. Mm-hmm. What we're not talking about is something extremely important because we are, we are forcing people to what they can do with their property, what they can't do with their property, and we're basically forcing a group of people up that are very disheartened at the corruption that's going on. They're very disheartened at their businesses being closed. They're very disheartened by all of these things. And unfortunately, people don't remember because I studied a lot. So I studied everything from the Bolshevik Revolution on, onward to Cuba. The middle class is the one that gets squeezed first. Okay, They're the first ones that they come for. That is why the conservatives are on the chopping block. That's why you have people that if you, if you even mildly say, no, I'm worried about my home, I'm worried, you're so selfish. No, I'm not selfish. And we've worked hard for these things, okay? My grandparents had to pick up and leave everything behind, and my poor grandmother, okay, 60 years later. Oh, Mari, we were going to come back in six months. 60 years later, 60 years here of, we are. Yes, okay, we are. So if you want what I have, you better come and take it. Okay, But you better make sure that you're going to take it and you're going to take it in a, in a way that 
I'm not going to come back. Okay? We're not scared. We're not frightened. I'm more frightened of some of these Democrats sending my child off to one of those useless wars that they want or somebody coming and taking my child and indoctrinating him. These are the things. Well, they're doing that in our public school system. I mean, you really see uh, I've I've done battle directly face to face uh, with the first ever conversion to charter in Florida history. It was done here in Florida. It's actually done here in Key Biscayne. And I was PTA president at the time. And I saw, first of all, the law was terrible. I couldn't win. The teachers vote separate from the parents. It's a theme of this station. In fact, losing your freedom of speech is what motivated me mm. to build, to buy the freedom of speech back that I lost for a mile. I bought it back for 10 miles with the building of this radio station. So that's the reason why we're here today. But uh, indoctrination goes really deep. And we're only 4% of the Hispanic population, Cuban-Americans and American-Cubans. I really want you all to leave this studio knowing that you should stop calling our ourselves Cuban American because we're American Cubans because we were born here. I think Americans need to send the first message I sent was to Marco when I when I was involved in his campaign in 2010. I go, Marco, stop calling yourself Cuban American because you're not. You're an American Cuban. You were born here. And to let Americans know that this country first. Here comes Trump later. America comes first. And I don't really know exactly why we should be anything but telling Americans. For the 550th time, hey, the Democratic Party is going is going left. They're, they're communists, and back in the 70s, they're even more now. And they, they keep on using the word socialist because there aren't tanks behind them. But you can see last night or the last four days the way they treated our justice. They really don't. They really don't like what she stands for, and she stands for everything that's great about this country. So what is it you stand for? Food lines. You know, you're teaching poverty in your schools. You're teaching how people uh, people understand profit as greed when profit is grace, okay? And you, if you are to tithe you know, to your faith and life, you are to tithe your children in death. Therefore, inheritance should not have a tax. And I can't understand why Americans can't understand their own virtues, where they lose it, why they've been ignoring American Cubans and Cuban Americans so long. And now we've come ahead. Now we're full circle. Now it's you and me. You're telling a grandfather's story. I'm my grandparents lost this same radio station, NBC Radio, La Semecu, in Cuba, to Castro. Very personal. Uh, it was a small station in 1933. It brought TV to Cuba. They built a TV studio, and they got to enjoy it one year before Castro takes it all. So I hear your story, Enrique. I, I get it. Why Americans don't get this four percent that was that was Republican and conservative for so long is beyond me, because now it's out of our hands. We're no longer the impact of winning Florida anymore, except for maybe a hanging chat. But now we have an I-4 corridor, which is Tampa and Orlando all the way to Daytona Beach, which is very Puerto Rican. Hopefully they get it. But hold on, because we're going to go back to something that's very important to touch on. Many of the American Cubans that you have here are half-breeds. And that's something we don't take into account. The one you have sitting in front of you is half-Puerto Rican. Oh, how about that? that? What you got? Oh, man. So they got the flag fixed. All figured off. Okay. Well, they stole it from us, so. Yeah. Well, listen to me. No me joda. <laughs> you just had no blood in the Puerto Rican flag. Listen to me. <laughs> and theirs is blue, blue triangle, and ours but is red. Been, but on my father's side, we fought, or my bloodline has fought in every single war since the Spanish American War. And I'm here to tell you that guess what? It wasn't just Cubans that they that the Democratic Party screwed over. Remember, they have everything from the Jones Hadarth Act 
only they made us only citizens. No, repeat that again, so our audience they might be writing it down in the car. Yes, the Jones Dorth Act, which basically is that Puerto Ricans, after the uh, the uh, Spanish American War, where which we fought on the side of the American, thinking, hey, listen, they're going to make us Americans too. No, they only they only gave us the right citizenship to go off to war because they needed Puerto Ricans that could to fight die. in the war. Okay, but. In the insular trials, they found that Puerto Ricans were like animals. They were not deserving of the same rights as Caucasian Americans. Oh, so, so uh, you have the same grievance that African Americans have. So, but here's the thing. African Americans have to understand the same things that they did, they, the Democratic Party did, they do also Puerto Ricans. And like a, like a child, like a child that has this weird relationship, you know, they do not understand. These are not our friends. In the 30s, they came in, and 35% of the women, they sterilized them and they told them it was reversible because guess what they got in there they controlled the island never gave what them year what year are you talking about i'm talking about 1935. <laughs> then in 1960 by the way they were experimenting the uh the birth control pill which they weren't giving to white women they were giving it to puerto rican women First, and, yeah. people, and people in new york that were of color planned parenthood okay? so people have to understand what they've never done they're never gonna do okay but Puerto Ricans are waking up. I'm seeing more Puerto Ricans saying, "Listen." Well, what? I mean, the governor uh, promoting Trump was that, a big was a big was, deal. That was huge. Because that was the, huge. remember, they put the promesa, which was basically another one of those things where they put, uh, you know, Hillary Clinton put her little friends, okay, which stole all the money and basically, you know, put her her people in. Rosella was one of Hillary Clinton's uh, staff members for her reelection campaign, okay. Who was your governor that was conservative recently, and he kind of disappeared? Uh, was it Rosa? No, not Rosa. Yo, he came right after young man. Uh, was governor recently just? Yeah, uh, Rosello. Rosello was no, no, a... no. He was very popular. The one that came after him, Rosa. Yo, and then there was a young Republican guy who was immediately corralled, accused of all kinds of stuff, and he just relinquished power quickly after his term was up. And I, I wanted to ask you if you knew what what became of him. Forgot his name. Uh, I really did. Uh, I have a senior moment here. Uh, maybe uh, Hector over there in the distance, man, grab the phone and tell us who he was. Uh, forgot his name. But anyway, I think he's probably a lobbyist now. <laughs> okay, so anyway, back to Enrique. Take over uh, because I believe we got maybe 10, 10 minutes, 12 minutes from you, for you for the rest of your show because uh, I believe you're going on Alex Jones' show today. Yes, I will be on Alex Jones' show at one So you, you can see we're like a, uh, like a little kid, you know, like a little kid in an embryo here at Blink Radio. We're not quite there yet, so. But at least we got a little uh, Alex Jones material here before. He's like prepping, right? Yes. All right. Cool. So uh, now what? What happens now with the Proud Boys? Now you've been your game has been elevated. Obviously, it's just by mentioning it during during a de um, a debate. <clears throat> you find yourself getting closer to Trump, or you're just going back to the bar? Um, I don't think we're going to change anything that we're doing. I think the formula that we've had for the past four and a half, four and a half years has worked perfect. Um, and there's no reason to change anything. Um, again, we're not, again, we're not a political group. Uh, we're a drinking club first before anything. Uh, but there is a reason why our name was said at the debate. It's because this little group of guys um, have been extremely loud for the past four years. And has we have made an impact we've had we have inspired legislation we've had uh, we've put many 
uh, anarcho-communists in jail, uh, six last night, um, which I'm really proud of. Now, when you say um, anarchist-communists, you mean people that are creating problems here and committing crimes here in the States? or Here in the States. Um, and the reason why we came up, so, so to, to, to hit, the, hit on that, the reason why we came up in the first place is because Democrats have allowed this to happen for four and a half years, and it has escalated in the past four months. They haven't denounced Antifa groups. No. They haven't denounced BLM groups. They've actually embraced them. And you know what happens a month before election? The polls numbers came in, and they weren't polling right. So what were they going to do, denounce them? No, that's their voting base. That is the new Democratic Party. Antifa and BLM are the new Democratic Party. And if they alienate that, they lose everything. So what is it that they had to do? They had to point fingers at somebody else. They needed a boogeyman. We became public enemies, public enemy number one for the Democrats two weeks ago on Tuesday. Yes. Plain but he made a huge mistake. He made a critical error. There was other groups that he could have named as white supremacist groups or militias. Two things that were not. One's an ideology. The other one's a group. We're not a militia. And we never supported white supremacy. Actually, in our tenets is anti-racist. Right and anti-racial guilt. And you guys have purpose clauses as well as articles of of of, yes. a, of confederation over incorporation. Yes, <laughs> uh, but we don't take ourselves seriously. The whole thing about Proud Boys is the fun behind it, right? Um, but that fun can turn serious, as you've seen. So, in the basement of two bars in the United States, back in the 1700s, there was a group of men that would meet. And those men were the engineers and, and the ones that built the blueprint of what we see as America today. And during the Revolutionary War, they sat under that bar and they saw that they had a chance of winning. So they started thinking of what would happen if they actually won. A group of carpenters, drunks, bootleggers, prostitutes sat together because and fought against the world's biggest superpower and won. Absolutely. And that that's how the nation was created. Under trial so, and tribulation, under weapons and no weapons, under uh, poor, poor established battlefields, uh, a lot of murder, a lot of mayhem, a lot of rape. Mm -hmm. um, and yet it's one of those classic uh, battles of attrition. Uh, it's there is a Cuban story behind where you commenced. I'll throw it out really quickly. It's actually active today with proof. The little lone man who was only 33 years old, same age as Christ. His name was Bernardo Galvez. Mm -hmm. He was governor of Bata Rouge and uh, New Orleans, basically. In those days, those areas are not really demarcated. Married to a very, uh, very prominent, very rich lady, and he. Uh, won the battles of uh, Pensacola, Lafayette, Baton Rouge, and of course today's uh, Galveston, Texas, and that's why they call him Galveston, Galveston, Texas. But people don't realize that there's a gentleman that was probably from that bar, uh, Andrew Pollock, who was running weapons and arms and, and, and booze and slaves. Because sometimes he would steal slaves from people on the Mississippi Delta and trade them for weapons, booze, and gunpowder. Yes, and. Bernardo Galvez, being the authority, was just, uh, I didn't see that, just allowing him to do it. 
But eventually he put him in jail because he pledged so much money was never going to pay. He put him in a Cuban jail for the remainder of the revolution. Meanwhile, he had kept the British from entering the Mississippi River. George Washington could not have won the war if the British could attack him from behind, also attack him from uh, the Atlantic Ocean. So even that part of the story doesn't get told in this country. And I believe, as I wrote in my book, that the United States has denied its own manifest destiny by excluding Cuba from it in 1959. So you're saying they, we should take it back? No. They should just, they should, they should uh, assist the Cuban people in their freedom. I agree. They funded, they funded the Battle of Yorktown with 38 ships on French ships filled with gold and silver from the Havana Harbor. There, were form, there was uh, Las Damas de Blanco was called. They, these damas somehow... Uh, you know, met met the, the Frenchmen on the ships and apparently made love to them because they wanted French jeans, not Spanish jeans. And that's why there is a French colony in the in Cuba that have names like Pau, De Beche. There's French Cubans. But anyway, by 1781, these women had uh, coronal, uh, these French sailors with jewels and sapphires and beautifully embroidered clothing that they were making for Spanish royals. And told them, look, this is not Havana. It's farther down south. These guys have been gone for 14 days on these ships. The ships were empty, anchored offshore off the river of Yumuri, which was like a Miami River, just murky, shallow, terrible river that um, Admiral de Gracis thought was Havana because he was mm -hmm. told that all those munitions on board could be paid by Spaniards instead of French because he had originally gone to Hispaniola. They told him to go fly a kite. And you know what happened to France after the American Revolution. The guillotine landed. So Bernardo Galvez leaves messages that the ships are coming. Fill these ships up with everything we have. Empty out our treasuries. Well, if you look back on the coin of that day, it's called the Ocho Reales de España. Look on the back of that coin. I'm going to show you after the show because I'm not going to dip into my pocket now because my phone has it. But you will see two columns on the back of the Ocho Reales with reefs around them. You put the two together, you can see how accountants on ship manifests created the dollar sign on the accounting records. Became this dollar sign today. And it was the currency of the United States after the revolution because hyperinflation of the land bank currency, uh, remember the famous saying, uh, it's not worth a continental. Because the United States Congress was just basically a renegade Congress. It wasn't really government. And it just created huge value. I mean, uh, inflation. So even the United States' early commerce was Spanish silver dollar. And just wanted to throw that out there. So go ahead and close for the last 10 minutes. It's all yours. All right. So um, you asked where we were going to go. And I, I said that I'm not going to change anything. But we are making strides in uh, making changes in our country. Right, because no, but you do have chapters attending protests still. Um, yes or no? Yes and no. I mean, if if we see something and we see it's something that's worth it to come out, um, we do. Some another another point that that people get completely wrong about us is that we don't go protest anything. We don't go protest Antifa. We don't go protest BLM. Um, we always have either our own events, which is rare. Or we'll just go to like a Trump event or last night to the town hall. Um, Did he get and, to see you? And, and you we'll made just yourself known or no? That I was there? 
I mean, did he get a feel that the, the Proud Boys were in the crowd? I, I doubt it. He's doing. <laughs> another thing is, I don't think he knows who the Proud Boys are. Like, truly knows exactly. But he who answered we are. it perfectly, though. Yeah, um, but he does <laughs> what know. What do you think that, about the Proud Boys? He said it perfectly. He gave it the perfect answer. He <laughs> does know that we're not white supremacists. That's pretty easy. Yeah. I mean, we're not everybody's cup of tea. We're rough around the edges. Uh, it's extremely difficult for me not to cuss on this show right now. Hey man, I cuss like a sailor. I, I got a little no, button no, dump button. You don't need the dump button. Uh, <laughs> And we like defending ourselves, you know? So people ask me, are you violent? And I'm, I'm like, well, um, with the definition of the word, yes, we're semi-violent, but only if somebody, if we're provoked, that's it. We don't go provoke anything. I don't go, we don't go line up with anybody. You're, and, not, you're not violent. You're not, you're not, a, you're not a misogynistic. No. Okay? If not, you wouldn't have so many female friends defending you. I, I mean... I mean, it's it's Ooh, it's actually like the that. opposite. We also we wait, also wait wait, wait uh, that one requires. Wait a second, my standing ovation. Could you say that again, Marie? Yeah, well, you if you were a misogynist, you wouldn't have all those female friends that you have that defend you. That, that's standing ovation. Oh, uh, that's actually pretty good. Uh -huh. <laughs> wait wait, we can stand up again. Encore. <laughs> I never gave one of those for Hector. He, you know, when he's been in the show, you know, it's just boo. No. All right, so here, let me let me dispel so some of these myths right now. Let me dispel some of these myths right now. So the misogynist thing, I think we're uh, the opposite, which is uh, you're feminist. M m m <laughs> no, no, I'll, I'll find the word. Whatever, we're opposite. So they're like you're metrosexual. Oh well, you don't you don't allow women. You don't allow women. Well, we have a women's club that people can join, but. Is every club that's like has is like towards a gender like the women's club, the national women's club? Is that is does, is does that the, like a does the Antifa have the women's side and then the <laughs> men's side? No, no, uh, no. They're they're not an organization. Oh, they're an idea. Yeah, and yeah. I'm doing air quotes just for yeah, the people yeah. that are listening in. Yeah. Uh, but we actually put women on a pedestal. We want them. We place them before us. So if a woman, by her her own choice, if, if she wants to, she wants to be a career woman. She wants to be a radio host. She wants to do. Uh, she wants to be a journalist. Whatever she wants, you support that woman. But the moment that that woman goes ahead and says, "You know what? Screw this. I want to stay home and bake cookies." You know what your job as a man is? Eat the cookies. No, you oh, better make sure, you memo. better make sure, well, you're going to eat the cookies, but you better make sure that that woman has everything that she needs, not only to bake cookies, but everything that goes along with uh, just living her, her life. And the security at home to bake the cookies. Yes. So that's putting somebody first. That's putting women first every single time. They call now us racist. Going. We watch Ferguson as it burned. We watch Minnesota burn. We watch Portland burn. Okay. Um, Minneapolis, the, Minneapolis, and the, the people that were burning down those cities, those people were racist, right? Because not only did they go ahead and and demonize white people, but they're burning down black businesses, right? And it's usually these little white liberals that come in and they're entitled, and their parents are rich, and they have nothing else to do, and so they want to burn. They want to no burn. Skills. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? We're not going to stand by, and we're not going to stand by idly while that happens. Okay, we go to the places that no conservative wants to go. We go to places, uh, people like going to like mega rallies in Texas, and it's super nice, and I've been there, uh, and it's great. But we go, when we go protest, we go protest in Portland. We go protest in Austin. We go protest in Minneapolis. We go protest in Chicago. We go to places that nobody else has, I could say balls, right? Yeah. Yeah, that nobody else has the balls to go to. So... Um, 
we don't care what your race is, what your religion is, what your cultural background. When you, when you fill out the application to become part of our ranks, we don't ask you any of those questions. We just ask you, what, what are your beliefs in America? What would you do to fix it? Um, and we do a background check, obviously. Um, How about uh, a COVID test? No, no, we don't do man. no COVID tests. So in other words, we'd rather have COVID-19 than Biden 20. I'd rather have COVID-19 than Biden 20. A thousand times over than Biden 20. And they keep saying, based on what the president said, the media keeps trying to spin this, like the, pres- like the Proud Boys are on standby. We've always been on standby. Really? We didn't need the president to tell us that. We didn't need the president to tell us to stand back, okay? If the election results are contested, just like in 2018, because in 2018, I stood outside of Broward and I was protesting the election results. And what do we get? We got a blue seat out of it. <laughs> um, so if I see something, then I, I will go and I will protest uh, the election results. Well, speaking but, of for Lauderdale, uh, um, when they cut out um, Colonel, um, the Colonel that they cut out, and now we got Lois, uh, we got Lois uh, Frankel. Frankel. Sitting there, and Laura Lerner is up against her now, correct? Good friend of mine. Laura, uh, I met her at the Democratic debates, and we were standing in the streets in the ruckus there. And it wasn't a big ruckus, you know, it really wasn't. And uh, she she was a call-in in the early stages of Blink Radio. What what chances does she have to win? Because she would be a huge coup for us if she were to beat Frankel. So Laura has a pretty good chance of flipping if there's a seat that i would say that would be flipped i think laura is going to be the person to flip it she is raising the money she is making the noise she's got gop backing uh i mean well she's got national gop backing she doesn't have florida gop backing Hmm. but uh goes back to our original point that you have a problem with some of the florida republicans oh i got a problem i got got more of a problem with them than i do with the democrats well, the Florida Republicans right now. Erica wants to say something before we are out. No, cool. I mean, I just wanted to say that in my opinion. Oh, you're, bit, you're Bitcoin Erica. Yeah. 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 Let's, uh, let's plug in the Bitcoin because, hey, man, inflation's coming. <laughs> there you go. Inflation is coming and Bitcoin is very important. But just on the topic of Proud Boys, uh, I just feel like you guys are the last of a dying breed. It's very important for men to fight back and take a stand. And I feel like, you know, a lot of people that are conservative, that are on the right, they tend not to want to fight back just because they're naturally peaceful people. But also they have jobs. They have things to do. Um, So I just definitely am glad that there's something that tells these people on the left who want to be violent that there might be other recourse. Maybe. But only, only when in defense. Your closing statement. Well, I'd like first and foremost, I'd like to thank you for that. I really appreciate it, um, and I appreciate you for having me on the show. Uh, such a controversial guest, uh, which uh, which I don't. Hey, know. Hey, man, uh, you sound like you sound like and act like, and your demeanor is like uh, uh-huh. kind of like a war boy that thinks Hillary sucks. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Admit that you qualify as a concrete conservative, plain and simple. So, I really uh, it's it's quite an honor because uh, I think uh, I'm gonna just go ahead and say it. I th- I think you're kick ass. So uh, thank God uh, that we as a K- American Cubans can say this is the greatest country in the world, and Americans got to take that a little bit more seriously. The okay. West is the best. The West is the best. Yes, we are. And we'll never die like the rest. Amen. Amen.
That was the end of the Concrete Conservative Show. It's now 1.15. Carry on your day. Understand that concrete conservatism is just that. Stand up, never stand by, dig in your heels, and love America for what it is, a hardworking place where you've earned your private property and it's not to be taxed. Here on the Concrete Service, conservative, tax is theft. Uh-huh. Take care, my friends. <laughs>